It'll be occasionally sunny today, though thunderstorms will be in parts of the area in the afternoon. High 80. Tonight, clear to partly cloudy, low 54. Plenty of sun tomorrow, Monday's high 76. Increasingly cloudy tomorrow night, low 52. And mostly cloudy Tuesday with a high of 73. For AccuWeather on Rejoice 101.3, I'm Sally Sherman. If anyone asks, you're listening to Rejoice, WREJ, Richmond, 101.3 FM, 990 AM. Hi, this is Tammy Mobley. I am a survivor of domestic violence. My personal mission is to educate and inform people about the red flags in an unhealthy relationship and the effects of domestic violence. This show, we will also talk about life challenges, incarceration, health scares, factors of racism, and much more. Let's start surviving today. Good morning. You are listening to Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. I am your host, Tammy Mobley, domestic violence survivor and advocate, certified empowerment and relationship coach. Today's show is sponsored by Flawless Imperfection. You can receive your free consultation by contacting Flawless Imperfection at www.flawless-imperfection.com. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and not many men are involved in the fight against sexual assault violence today's guest is jeremiah woods unfortunately he is stuck in a uber so we will be taking a short commercial break and we'll talk with our co-host leela harris so we continue (laughs) to talk about sexual assault awareness stay tuned don't go anywhere right after this break is Markeisha Harris Minor and I am the creator of Local Search. I have a question for you. Are you looking to locate black-owned businesses across the country? Well, you need to download Local Search. Local Search is a nationwide directory and app for locating black-owned businesses in all 50 states. To get listed, make sure you visit www.blocalsearch.com and download the app, available in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store for free. Welcome back to Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. Today's show, we will be speaking with Jeremiah, was a sexual assault advocate that has flew in from Atlanta. Unfortunately, he is stuck in his Uber. So, Leela and I are going to go ahead and take it away, talking about sexual assault awareness month. So, welcome, Leela. I know this is your Hello. second time on the show. Yes, it is. <laughs> and we kind of like threw her in here so we could go ahead and get started. All right. So, I am a sexual a sexual assault survivor and domestic violence survivor. I know most of the time I talk about domestic violence, but I'm also a sexual assault um, survivor. And I don't know even why I even push that aside so much. I don't know if there's a stigma with saying that I am a sexual assault survivor. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you came in here. So what do you know about sexual assault? Do you... Um, um, You know, uh, I think uh, recently the Me Too movement have really... um educated me as far as like what sexual assault actually is like it's a spectrum it's not just one thing a lot of people group sexual assault with just you know uh i guess the more harmful uh direction of it and a lot of times it's you know um you know consent like if you if you you, if you don't give someone consent you know or if you know someone uh if you want to if basically if you don't say no i mean if you say no and they don't listen to you. That's sexual assault. Um, I think a lot of, like, young people especially, like, have gone through sexual assault and don't even realize it. 
because of how, uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, a lot of times we just think it's, uh, we like to try to tell ourselves, like it's, like you said, it's a stigma mm-hmm. that if you don't go through, I guess, the worst of sexual assault, then you didn't experience anything. You're right, you're right. And one of the big things is that we tell, because I work with girls, I've been I've te- taught healthy relationships for the past seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would reach about 500 youth each year. And my biggest thing is to tell my students that no means no. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would tell them also is that no matter if you have all of your clothes off and you're getting ready to go ahead and have sex or whatever once you say no that is it. it like it stops no matter <laughs> what it. like no means no and also another thing is that a, a lot of people don't realize that you cannot give consent if you're intoxicated mm-hmm. and i know as a young person sometimes you know we're at parties and we're drinking and we think that we want to have sex and we're probably saying yes but when we're intoxicated we cannot give consent mm-hmm. so that's a, what, a big part of what the me too movement is as well so thank you leela and i just saw that my guest walked in so come on in jeremiah thank you for leela we're gonna have you stay here with us okay <laughs> hello hello How you good doing? morning good morning once again you are listening to beyond survivor with tammy where we recognize empower and support survivors we have jeremiah woods from the hands off foundation that just stepped into the studio he is a male sexual assault advocate ladies and gentlemen and it's really rare that we even hear a man that's advocating about sexual assault so welcome to the show jeremiah hey 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 how you feeling good 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 good. so can you give us a little bit of your background your experience with sexual assault awareness yeah so two and a half years ago i was sitting in the courtroom i had got selected for jury duty uh and just about like anyone else right i was trying to get out of it i was like i'm sick i gotta work i got religious excuses the whole nine i'm going through i'm googling how do you get out of uh i was googling i was like yo i gotta i gotta get out of this i don't want to do this i don't want to be in the courtroom uh but as fate would have it i was selected and throughout the process right it took two and a half years for this case to get there but when we listened to the case i listened to a 12 and a 15 year old girl document their uh sexual abuse at the hands of their stepfather over over a three-year period. The case itself took two years to get to court, and once it did, seven days went past as we listened to testimony, uh, the jury deliberated, and on that last day, this is where um, I knew I had to get involved. I, the lead juror stood up and said, Your Honor, we'd like to uh, make a verdict, or we'd like to cast our vote, and it was six guilty votes and six not guilty votes, and I watched as an individual that I believe through testimony, through video evidence, through pictures, through markings, uh, through anything that you could think that we would use to put someone behind bars, I watched as this individual walked out of a courtroom um, without having to really serve any penalty for what I believe he was guilty for. And that was my introduction to sexual assault, to advocacy, and deciding that I needed to be a bigger part of the change versus just saying, Hey, I'm not doing it, so hey, that's it to it. So you said there was six non guilty? That's correct. Why do you think that six people would say not, especially a thirteen and a fifteen year old? Like it's so hard for people to believe survivors, and this is why a lot of survivors don't want to come forward because hearing a story like this, six non guilty. Right. So I think it's because we're uneducated, right? So at the time I, I didn't know any of the things I know about how sexual assault affects your mental health, but on that particular day, both of the young ladies got on the stand and they said they did not know the man. Um, and so so for me to paint that picture, right, these two individuals had grew up with, it was nine children that lived in the home. 
so they had seven other brothers and sisters that lived in the home. Their mother was was engaged to be married to their stepfather. Uh, their mother had two children with their stepfather. They've been living in this home. He'd been taking them to school, uh, back and forth. Like to say that you didn't know this person at that time, I didn't know was it was a trauma response. But for the people that were uh, giving their you know their votes on whether they thought this person was guilty or not guilty, they thought well either they were lying then or they're lying now. Logic would tell you they had to be lying on the stand at that moment because. You can't, to say you don't know someone and you've never seen someone that you live with that has taken you back and forth to school, that your mother has children with, that you're in the same house with, that you have pictures and photographs with, would would lead one to believe, obviously, that that, that something has happened there, that, that there was something that, that inverse that had happened. And so my belief is that we really just don't know all that we think we know when it comes to how to support survivors and, and really what the long-term effects of sexual assault and sexual abuse are. Right. So 13 and 15 years old. So they got on the stand finally after all the evidence and said that they did not know this man that's been living with them all these years. Mm -hmm. Do you ever know, do you know what happened? I'm not sure if you know what happened to them afterwards, like, because I know you were just on jury duty. You Have you heard anything else about that case? Not very much. I talked to the prosecutor that was over it a little while back, um, and she said she hadn't been able to get in touch with the family. Uh, she hadn't been able to get in touch with the mother, uh, so she really doesn't know what happened beyond that court case. Um, but one of the things that the two young ladies kept saying is they just wanted things to go back to how they were. And at the time, I didn't understand it, but from from the research I've done, I can understand wanting to create a sense of normalcy. So during this process, this two-and-a-half-year process of waiting to get it to court, these young ladies had been homeless because the house they were living in was in their stepfather's name. So when he was arrested for for this crime, uh, obviously they had to get out. Um, they had fell behind in school because, you know, they didn't have a consistent place to stay. Their mother was working 15 hours a day at a warehouse. Uh, so I, my assumption is, is that they went back to what they would consider normal, even if that was abuse. I just want to take a moment, Jeremiah. I'm not ignoring you, but I want to go ahead because yeah. we have people popping up in our feed. Um, Grace, Grace from Robert. Um, Nikki said, that's real. Totally thought it was a woman. Um, wow, powerful story. Clarence loved the energy from Jeremiah and the confidence he's showing, right? Because <laughs> it's hard for a man to talk about sexual assault. Like, we... Mm -hmm. I, I've been on this show for a year, and I could tell you last year, April, like I think I started in January, was asking for a man to be on the show to, to talk about either a sexual assault experience or just to be a guest on the show, and I could not find anyone. So when you reached out, remember, I was like, yes, come yeah, on. I yeah. know. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, like he reached out to me after one of my shows, and he is in Atlanta for the Hands Off Foundation yeah. and said, I still need to go ahead and talk about it. So why is it important for a man to be involved in the fight against sexual assault? Well, for one, the, the very reason that you just mentioned, right? So um, I, I think that it is important for us to fill the gap in those spaces, right? So when you look in any of the major movements that have happened historically, women have always filled the gap. They've always been on the front line. When you look at the civil rights movement, you go back and look at the pictures. We praise and champion the men, but there were a lot of women on the front lines marching just as well. When you look at any other movement in history, women have always been there, and I think it's important for men to be there for women um, in, in what really is not just a woman's issue but as a societal issue that needs to be addressed. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is that I think that we've got enough people who don't hold the standard of sticking to their commitments. Because I ain't going to lie to you. 
trying to get to Virginia in the middle of COVID, and uh, apparently y'all don't do Ubers and Lyfts in Virginia, because, I mean, I ordered that bad boy at 9 a.m. and just not getting here, so uh, it, was a, it, it was a doozy getting yeah. here, but uh, I think there is something to be said for sticking to a commitment. Like, we, we hollered that uh, men are protectors and providers and all these different things, but you got to really, you got to really do that, like really be about that life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's important. Good, good. Thank you so much. How Do you know how many men report being sexually assaulted? I don't know the exact number. So the, the statistic stands currently as one out of every three, 33 uh, men is affected by some type of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the number for women is one out of six. So it's, yeah. it's a big disparity there, yeah. but... I know right before you came, uh, Leela and I was talking about, you know, no means no. So how are you educating, like, women, men, and youth on that, like, on the Me Too movement, on what consent actually means? Um, so we're actually hosting a series of Clubhouse Rooms. Actually, you was a part of uh, yes. one last week, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we talked about that specifically. I, I think that when we're starting to have the conversation of consent and then we're tying it to sex, we're too late. Consent starts from birth. Consent starts from understanding your boundaries and other people's boundaries from the time of birth. Uh, and so I, what I do, though, is in the circles that I'm in, I try to have that conversation uh, because I tell people, we talk about sex all day long, 24-7. Mm-hmm. We can talk about it until it comes to assault, and then all of a sudden everybody get hushed. Right. Everybody gets scared. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought we were just singing WAP two seconds ago. Cool. Uh, but, I, that you know, I'm, I'm constantly pushing the, the narrative on social media and text messages and phone calls. If you talk to me, you know that's what we're talking about. Off top. <laughs> how, can, how can parents educate? I know, like you mentioned, that we were in Clubhouse last week. So how can parents educate their children? I think I know one of the things that I said, um, and my husband is here also, because I'm not a hugger, right? So right. I'm not a hugger. Like I'm like, this is my personal space. This is my boundaries. Um, I tell that with my kids. Like, you don't have to give anybody a hug if you don't want to. When I'm facilitating classes, I say, you don't have to give people a hug if you don't want to. But there's people that are like, oh, I'm a hugger. And they just grab you anyway without even respecting your boundaries, right? And as adults, you know, sometimes we tell your kids, go ahead and give uncle a hug. Go ahead and sit on uncle lap. Go ahead and, you know, give auntie a hug. How are you educating parents to say this... Let them have a voice because you don't have to give hugs if you don't want to. Uh, well, I'm starting with myself because this was a this was a new conversation for me. I never <laughs> really thought about it uh, that way. But it, it starts with the first time is you. We can say the first time is a mistake, right? So mm-hmm. we all grew up with our certain traditions and things of that nature. After that, though, once the conversation is had, then it's about standing behind your children or standing behind your family and saying, "Nah, this this is not what we're going for," right? And and and. You know, sometimes it can be lonely, but the conversation I'm having with parents is the same way that we'll get on social media and holler like, I'm riding for my kids. I go to jail behind my kids. Keep that same energy with every other thing. Keep that energy (laughs) in the PTA meetings. Keep that energy when we're talking about sexual assault. Keep that energy when we're talking about uh, just somebody inappropriately behaving away with your child. Keep mm-hmm. that same energy across the board. Yeah, it's it's, it's not kids. complicated, really. Yeah, I like to stress to listen to... I used to work with kids. I, I like to stress listen to the kids. If the kids say they feel uncomfortable around, like, certain people, certain family members, then listen to your kids. You know, they like to brush it off, like, oh, no, like, you stop being like that towards, you know, this and that, da 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 But you need to listen to your kids, watch your kids, watch how they, like, react around certain people, because that's really important to understand yeah. boundaries, even for little kids. And I would say even ask just why. A, a question we don't ask enough in our community is why. Mm-hmm. So if, if your child is saying, I don't like being around this particular family member, my first question is, well, why? Mm-hmm. What has happened? Like, have that conversation, have that dialogue. Yeah. Uh, cause, and, and I may be a bad example because I'm cool with cutting family off. I'm, I'm politely <laughs> okay 
with not being around. Uh, if you violate my toxic, either if you toxic, I can't deal. I got time. One thing I want to point out, because um, if you're not listening, you're just if you're not watching and listening, that Jeremiah isn't. He is so much an advocate, like that half of his head is colored a different color. Explain it to us. Yeah, so um, it, it it's really about being um, a part of the movement. So. Half of the world acts like 28 million women a year are not affected by sexual assault. They act like everything's okay. It's the status quo. Um, and so that's the that's the regular natural colored side of my hair. And the other side is the teal side of the world that realizes that one out of every six women is affected by sexual assault. 73 seconds. Every 73, every 73 seconds an American um, is sexually assaulted. And so the idea is that you there's two realities that people live in. One is this uh, utopic reality where everything is cool and then there's this other where we realize there's a lot of work that needs to be done and the same visual reaction that i get when people walk past and they see my hair and they're like you know make face like oh what's what, what happened there why'd you do that like is it was that an accident or, or is the same way that we treat someone when they say they're a survivor like as soon as someone says oh you're i'm a survivor of sexual assault or i've been through this it's uh, you know people's face get all twisted up you think they're having a stroke or something it's like no more people are affected than you than you would yeah. think Mm -hmm. And so it's just about another way to drive awareness and get people talking to have that conversation, even if it's got to start with my hair. Like, I'm I'm all in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So um, based on statistics, females between the ages of 16 and 19 are far more likely than the general population to be a victim of rape or re attempted rape or sexual assault. And I know Leela's here, and you're probably not that much older than <laughs> 19 years. I'm thinking you're still probably, like, in your 20s or something mm -hmm. like that, right? So when you're going, I listen to what he, uh, Jeremiah, is saying. When you're going out, what do you see? Like if you, I don't know if you still go to parties or if you used to go to parties or even know about, what do you see as far as men doing things with, um, making advances towards women that's not appropriate? Well, um, for me, because, you know, I'm in like my mid-20s. So pre-pandemic, when I was going to parties and going out, it always starts with the drinks. I always want to loosen up the women. always want to, like, get them, you know, comfortable. So it always starts with, like, you know, like, Oh, let me buy you a drink, you know, little mm -hmm. stuff like that. And um, I guess, you know, as the night progresses, you know, you see like the men, you know, start getting a little bit more assertive or a little bit more aggressive with, you mm -hmm. know, like getting the women's attention or, you know, just even like wanting the women to just talk to them. I think that's what I see a lot. Um, when I see that, though, I like to watch it because, you know, certain things like that really make me uncomfortable. You know, like I think it's really important when you see things like that to, like, you know, try to pull the woman out of the situation, you know, try to, like, you know, help her out a little bit. Because you could even tell sometimes that women start to get uncomfortable. Some women right. don't really, you know, they aren't as uh, open, like, I guess, like, like outspoken as other women. Mm -hmm. So maybe a little bit harder for them. Or they may be even scared to, like, you know, even, like, walk away from, like, instances like that. So I think it's really important to just, you know, like, when you see stuff like that, to don't just turn around, turn the blind eye, to just, right. you know you know, try to help the woman out in some way that you can. Because a lot of women, you know, may be scared to, like, you know, like, leave that situation. So, Jeremiah, based on what Leela said, you know, at parties and stuff, and I know you probably have women coming to you um, of all ages, right? Mm -hmm. How how do you, how are you responding to them when they come in there? Because it is a touchy subject that a lot of people might not want to talk about. Uh, well, I start with, with telling people, like, you have to have a good support system that that you know has a certain standard, right? Um, and, and I think that it goes back to having those conversations and, and getting a lot of these misconceptions that we're taught out the way. First one being, I, t I tell any of my uh, friends that are men, 
Just because you bought some somebody a drink or several drinks does not entitle them to sleep with you. Say it again. Just because you <laughs> bought them a car don't entitle them to sleep with you. Like it, this generation, and I think generations as a whole in our society are too comfortable with assuming things rather than having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like if if you have a certain goal in mind, be forthcoming enough to say what your goal is. Right. Mm-hmm. Period. If <laughs> if you can't do that, then you don't. In my opinion, you are not ready to have sex. Like, you don't have the emotional and intellectual intelligence to be sleeping with people if you can't come forth enough to say, I think you're attractive, let's get to know each other, and hopefully if it leads somewhere, we can have that conversation as we get closer. You don't need to be sleeping with nobody if you can't have that conversation. Right. Point blank period. Right. I, I mean, we are on fire. Jeremiah, that is wonderful that you are a male advocate. Please continue doing your amazing work. That was from Araminta. Um, How do you have that same talk with an adult kid? Nikki is asking you. For me, and, and this is my style, I just jump right in. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a jump right in kind of person because whether you, so whether you're having it or not, someone, there's the, a conversation is being had, right? If you look at how many children are being born every year, how many people have STDs, there's sex being had. Right. So what, <laughs> no matter how you look at it, right? Like, I, I, like we like to tiptoe around it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the, that's the facts of it. So. Um, I, I like to jump right in. I, I always try to start with not being judgmental and saying, okay, look, this is a conversation that I'm having with any and everyone around me because I care. And so that's the the guys that I try to that I that I lead with. And I can understand it can be touchy. I understand that it it could bring a lot of emotions and feelings that that you may have worked really hard to 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 hide and and to keep pushed back, but if I care about you the way that I say I do, then allow me to have this talk. Okay. Let's 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 have that level of transparency with each other. That's where you start. How can I know you're in Atlanta and we're in Virginia, but how can people reach out to you? Because I know, because we're gonna be sharing this, because I know a lot of people want male advocates. How can they reach out to you? How can they get in contact with the hands or foundation? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so if you're on social media, you can uh send us a DM at the hands off foundation inc inc uh, or you can go to our website which is www.handsofffoundation.org uh, the easiest way if you're listening and you have your phone in your hand is to text teal t-e-a-l to 770-874-1808 could you say that one more time yeah mm-hmm. so text teal t-e-a-l to 770-874-1808 Okay, I do have a um, a question for you. So I'm going to tell you when you go back and look through the fees, if there's anybody <laughs> in there. But um, a couple of years ago, there was a case with Brock Turner. You heard about um, mm-hmm. Brock Turner. And he sexually assaulted a young woman um, from a party. She was intoxicated, right? And he only received six months, right? And then he only served three months out of the, that six months because the judge has said, you know, we can't have him locked up because he was a Yale graduate and on a swim team how do you handle things like that because there's a virus coming to you and they're scared to come forward because of things like that how do you assist them do you go to court with them like what is a what do you do so our organization focuses on three particular pillars the live work and grow uh, pillars of your life right so we focus on helping you have a safe place to live a safe place to work and a safe place to get your therapeutic access to therapy um, typically, if you're coming to, to our organization, uh, you may have already been through a court case or have start, are in that process. Um, and our goal is to support you through that process and help help focus on you, 
right? So there's a lot of external factors that go into that, like the, the prosecution, the judge, who this person may know, what connection. They, a lot of those things are just without side of our control. So what my what we look to control or help with is making sure that you're in a, a space to heal and to remove you from a lot of the outside noise, right? Because I, I can't necessarily control what verdict is given. I can't control uh, how the prosecution moves forward. I can't control the defense. I, I think the Brock, kind of church, the Brock Turner case is ridiculous. I don't, I don't understand it. I, I never will. Uh, but what I can do is say, look, this is where we are. How do we, how, what can I provide for you to help move to a different level of, of space in your life? Because what happens is oftentimes is we, we know the prosecution rate is extremely low, right? So we, we going in, most times we know it's probably not going to end the way we would like it to end. The, the issue that is had is that after the court case is over, after the, the cameras are gone, after the, you know, the media is gone, after everything is said and done, the dust settles, what are we doing afterwards to support these individuals? Are we making sure that they have a way to cope with the anxiety levels? I, see, I think somebody in the feed mentioned PTSD. Right? These are real issues and real yeah. things that have to be focused on, I think, that are, that are not necessarily more important but have a longer-lasting effect than just that moment in court. That moment in court itself is detrimental, yes, but we're talking 15 years down the line when this person can't go to the grocery store or anytime they smell a, a particular liquor— they have an anxiety attack because it reminds them of this moment. Right. Those are the uh, things that I like to focus on because those are the things that are, that really can hinder someone from from living out the rest of their life. And you are a father. Do you have daughters? No, two no. boys. Boys, okay. Yeah, two boys. What do you talk to or how will you talk? They're young right now, right? Uh, yeah, I have a one-year-old and an 11-year-old. So you have babies. So how would you talk to your sons as they get older about no one, no means no. When they want to start dating, you know, we have a son, too, that's an athlete. So we have to have those kind of conversations. Yeah. What kind of conversation will you have? Um, I mean, I have the conversations now. I'm not talking about sex as much, per se, but um, it, you, you, you speak on it exactly as you see it, right? So if I'm watching my son at the park and he's having an interaction with a girl or a boy or whatever interaction he's having, let's say the kid says, no, nah, I'm not feeling that, then that's cool. That's what it is. Like, they say no. Like, Right then and there, like a lot of times as, as parents, we'll let things slide and those small things are what lead into bigger things. Okay. Right. So from one to let's just say 15, you've allowed a certain type of behavior. And then at 15, when you think, oh, they may be thinking about sex. Now let's talk about consent. Okay. No, that conversation starts from one. It, even with my one year old, if if it was no, no was what it was. That's what it is. Okay. If If you're not feeling it. OK, well then that's, let's address it from there. Uh, and that's how I have that conversation, is just understanding that the smaller things are what lead to the bigger things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and I think that's the way mo that, I don't want to say everybody, every parent should do it, but that's how I do it in my household. Mm -hmm. I was speaking to um, a family member this weekend. He was telling me that uh, while he was in college, like the athletes would say, no means just try harder. Mm -hmm. Right? If a woman was that so, you know, he would say that there's a lot of athletes that would say to him, no means just to try harder. What do you say to those athletes? What would you say to those athletes? Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> I had to think about what's supposed to come up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's I mean, hard, right? When you hear it, hear that, no means try. It doesn't mean that they really mean no, because they're like, I'm an athlete. You want to sleep with me? Yeah, no. I mean, I think you're lame. Uh, that's, that's, that's the first way to start it. Like if it was if it was me. Like so, when I play sports, when I play basketball and football. My and people used to, you know, my teammates would get mad, but I always felt like if you if you got a 
do all this extra convincing and forcing and controlling mm-hmm. and living in the situation, you ain't fly like that. You ain't got the sauce like that. Right. I ain't never had to beg. And that's not a flex on me. That's just, you ain't got to do all that. Like, right. if a person is genuinely interested in you and and they picking up what you putting down, you ain't got to do all of the, the extra antics. Like, that, mm-hmm. the, the, the whole ideology of that is just, it's, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's in with anything in life, really, in my opinion. Like, if you have to do all of this conniving and scheming and manipulating, whether it's to get a job, whether it's to do an interview, <laughs> whether it's trying to sleep with somebody, like, you're doing too much. Like, no, like, what are we doing here? And and then, more importantly, I'll even dive deeper into it. Like, what makes you think that you're just that special, that someone is in, that you're entitled to take that from someone? So I'm going to ask you to repeat how to reach the teal number again. And I want to ask one more question um, before we sign off. It says, in this highly sexual culture, how do you have this conversation when less clothing and being sexy gets attention? Some say, uh, some may say some girls ask for it. Ooh, I can't stand when people say that girls say they ask for it because of their dress. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Nikki, I mean, for answering that question. Nobody can ask for it unless they ask for it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tell people all the time, I give you the best example. If I walk out this studio right now and strip down butt naked and sit on the curb, that don't mean I ask to be slept with. Exactly. Now, it, it, it might be uh, provocative, sure, mm-hmm. but that don't mean that does not entitle you to decide. But what people have to understand is that sexual assault is not about sex. That's the like, it's about control. So it doesn't matter whether the person has clothes on, don't have clothes, is drunk, not drunk, doing cocaine or not doing cocaine. The whole act in and of itself was never about the sex. It was about the control. And so if I'm not willfully giving you control over my body, then it's not consenting. I don't care what I was doing. It's not. There's no consent. That's right. And I don't even like the term non-consensual sex. It's just right. Like, call it what it is. Like, stop tiptoeing around it. Right. So one more time, share your information because we have one minute left. We'll share your information. Yeah. <laughs> Go to www.handsofffoundation.org. That's the best way to get in contact with us. Or reach out to us on social media at the Hands Off Foundation, Inc. And then your number, the TEAL. Yeah. You can text TEAL, T-E-A-L, to 770-874-1808. Thank you so much for Jeremiah for being on the show today. I'm sorry you got caught up a little bit and I over. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you, Leela, for being my co-host. Once again, you're listening to Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. Tune in every Sunday at 10 a.m. or right here on Rejoice 101.3 FM. And remember, your imperfection don't stop your greatness. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond Surviving with Tammy, where we recognize, support, and empower survivors. If you'd like to be a guest or sponsor on the show, email us at beyondsurvivingtammy at gmail.com. See you next time right here on Rejoice 101.3 FM, 990 AM at 10 AM every Sunday. And remember, your imperfections don't stop your greatness. If anyone asks, you're listening to Rejoice, WREJ, Richmond, 101.3.